Welcome to Real Souls with yours truly, Peggy Bennett. As some of you know, I have an eight-week coaching program on how to manifest your soulmate. This consists of six modules that we go over once a week during a phone call session or face-to-face session. And one of the modules is to take action steps. What I mean by this is you're not going to be meeting your Prince Charming by him coming over and knocking on your door. Um, You have to make action steps in order to make this happen. So whether it's hiring a matchmaker, creating a fabulous profile and going online, smiling and making eye contact with someone you see at the airport or at grocery store. Um, And another thing you can do is make your personal space look um, warm and inviting. And on that note, I'm excited to have uh, our guest with us today, Nicolette Nicolette Vete. She is a feng shui expert, and um, she brings a wealth of knowledge. Um, I'm going to read a little of her bio, but first I wanted to say hi. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. So a little about Nicolette. Um, She received her feng shui practitioner certification with feng shui master teacher James J with Feng Shui Designs and mentored with master teacher Catherine Metz of The Art of Placement and the Feng Shui Storyboard. In 2009, she traveled to China on an advanced Feng Shui immersion class with China Studies, which turned out to be a true spiritual pilgrimage. She is a proud, she is a proud member of the International Feng Shui Guild, the premier professional organization dedicated to the outreach of feng shui and received the Red Ribbon Professional Honor, setting a baseline of feng shui professionalism and knowledge in her practice. So um, you, it sounds like you're very serious and passionate about (laughs) the world of feng shui. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, we're affected by our environment, right? No matter where we are, our environment is affecting us, whether it's a you know, a church or a Zen spa or a place where, you know, you walk into a room and two people just had a fight. You can feel all that energy. Absolutely. So we're always, if we're always being affected by our environment, why not make the environment the best it can be so that we can be the best at our best? Right? Yes, so true. So how did you get to um, be a feng shui expert? How did this all so evolve? So random, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's like one in a million. Um so, or in the early 90s, my mother gave me a book in my Christmas stocking, mm. like early 1990, maybe even in the 80s. I seriously can't even remember when I first <laughs> read about it. And I started to read about it and play with it just for, you know, play with it with friends and like share ideas. And, you know, it's like um, astrology or tarot, you know, it's really fun just to play with. Right. But we were actually having like results. Oh. <laughs> like people were meeting people and people were getting jobs and... So um, in 2003, I was in a corporate job, and I was kind of dying, and my soul was dying. And so I quit my job, moved in with a friend, and I put an ad on Craigslist uh, that said, um, uh, professional organizer with feng shui principles. So I never claimed I was a feng shui, fully feng shui sure, yet sure. until I was fully certified. But I had read a bunch of books, and I'd been playing with it for like a decade before I even put that posting on Craigslist. And uh, within three months, I had a business. I was booked out for weeks. 
Wow. I know. That happened fast. It was Right. I was like listening, right? I was like, hmm. (laughs) And I I did something for one friend and then a friend came over and he said, oh, you have to do my place. And he paid me a hundred bucks an hour. And it was, it was just very magical the way it kind of came together. So um, that was back in 2003. And when I really started to see that this was going to be a a business, I was like, do I want to stay in LA? And the answer was no. So I actually moved to Colorado, and I um, built my business in Denver, Colorado, but now I'm here in Seattle. Welcome to Seattle. Thank you. I moved here two and a half months ago. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you describe the wisdom of feng feng shui? Yes. Some people can get a little confused because it really is a 5,000-year-old practice that comes from China, and some people think it's superstition, right, because it's so old. Yes. But sort of a modern day take on how to describe what feng shui is, is um, how the environment, how our environment is triggering our nervous system, Mm. right? So if you walk into a space and you're afraid or you feel like there's danger or you're scared, then you go into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And then your body releases these chemicals and says, run away, protect yourself, um, hide, whatever those chemicals are telling you to do. Now, if you walk into a spa or a really beautifully designed home, um, your whole body relaxes Mm -hmm. and you can actually rest, rejuvenate. You can retrieve good communication and creative ideas and express yourself. So with, with the practice of feng shui, I'll go into a space because someone says to me, I don't feel good in my home or no matter what I do, I can't find my success or my soulmate. I'm not very good at love. I'm not very good at this or that. And their environment, without them even knowing it, could be putting them into that fight or flight energy. And so they're constantly feeling stressed, that low level sense of stress, Mm. just by their environment alone or where they've placed their decor. So I go in and I kind of shift it around and based on the principles of this practice, shift around the furniture or add a new color to a wall or bring in a feng shui cure like a mirror or crystal, put a plant somewhere which is living energy to um, change the dynamic of the environment so that the person who's in that environment can just rest, Mm. can relax, Mm -hmm. and from there create anything, right? Mm, Yeah. So... Um, We are going to go talk about specifically today uh, love and feng shui, and Mm -hmm. maybe we can have you back to talk about money and feng shui. Yes. (laughs) But for today, we're going to do um, love. And so um, uh, I know that you have some tips about setting up your home to invite love in or enhance the love that you already have. Right. Because you could have a great love and maybe you're going through some challenges or maybe it's, you know, you want to re-stimulate the the sensuality and in the relationship. Right. Right. We all fall in. We all get really busy and we fall into ruts. Oh, exactly. You know, exactly. So. So with feng shui and love, the primary room that's associated with love is the bedroom. Yes. Of course, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the room where we connect with each other through the heart, where the office might be where we connect with each other through the head, Mm -hmm. right? And then the family room, we're connecting with each other through stimulating ideas and fun and play and maybe entertainment. So the bedroom is reserved for the heart, that Mm -hmm. heart connection. So is the room set up? 
to have that kind of connection. Okay. Okay. And tip number one would mean to get the head stuff out of the bedroom, right? So if you have a desk in the bedroom or if you have uh, a pile of books by your bed, right, that's all about the head thinking, right? So or if you have your computer by your bed on your bedside table, or if you go to bed with your with your um, your laptop or your iPad, right? All of that is very much in the head. A television can be a distraction that pulls us from our head, it distracts us from what is supposed to be going on in the bedroom, which is that honest connection between two people, communication, connection, um, intimacy, and uh, both physical and spiritual and emotional physical um, intimacy. Hmm. Right. I'm, I'm just doing a check off. <laughs> So far, I don't even have a TV in my bedroom. That's great. But when you said books, I do have books by my nightstand. And a couple of books are okay, like especially if it's, um, you know, if it's romantic poetry or um, or even something a little more erotic that you might want to experience with your partner. But to have like a textbook or um, or or some kind of harsh uh, murder mystery or something by your bedside actually is an energy, right? Mm-hmm. Where murder mystery might stir up your thinking before going to bed mm. instead of turning to the person who's in the bed with you and having a, a little conversation about your day or what you're grateful for or or an intimate conversation about connecting with that person. Mm-hmm. So the head pulls us away from each other and the heart turns us toward each other. So if you have a desk in the bedroom, you want to get it out of the bedroom or you want to at least do what we call putting it to sleep. So you want to cover it with like maybe a beautiful scarf or shawl or something. Really just cover the work aspect. Because if you go to bed thinking about work and you wake up thinking about work, then you're never fully in your heart. And it's harder to connect with the person that's in the room with you. Makes so much sense. Or invite in that person who you want to be in the room with you. Because mm-hmm. we're so distracted by the head, by the work aspect of life. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, Here's another fun tip for parents, especially. Okay. Especially if you want to, like, churn up the the juices again. No pictures of your children in the bedroom. Okay. Can you feel that? Yeah. And I I am good. I I have actually read some, as that's why I love having you on this (laughs) podcast, because I can't remember if I actually had any or not, but... I had read that before, so I'm really mindful of that right. I don't have any in my bedroom. Especially, I think, for for young parents, for new parents, mm-hmm. because when you have a picture of your baby in the bedroom with you, it's very easy to stay in mommy and daddy role mm. instead of man and wife role or, or red-blooded male and female roles mm-hmm. where we're here to explore each other's bodies as well as each other's minds, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm in mommy and daddy role when I go to bed, it's hard for me to switch over to be the female energy. Oh, yeah. And being new parents. And that's new so, parents. oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wake up in the middle of the night, feed your baby. It's constantly on your mind. Right. Yeah. And when you're constantly taking care of little ones, the last thing you want to do is is sidle up next to your partner and just be a male or female, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Everyone's male when they're taking care of children. You're always in the male energy if you're taking care of a child. Okay, okay. Because it's do, 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 do. I have heard that. That's more of, um, isn't that funny? You would think it would be the female, but I have heard it's male, that nurturing. 
that kind of active nurturing. Active nurturing, yeah. It's actually a male energy, so it's hard to put that down. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. And all that intimacy is about more of a yin energy, a softer, darker, connecting quieter kind of energy, which is what the bedroom should feel like. So those cute, cute baby pictures. (laughs) That's a distraction. Put them in the hallway. Put them in the hallway. Put them in the living room. (laughs) Put them in the kitchen. Anywhere but the bedroom. bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Because then there's a subtle, this little subtle energy of the the little baby's eyes looking at you. (laughs) And it's like, oh, I can't do that. Mm -mm, Mommy doesn't do that. Right? It's a, it's a little disconnect. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the roles that we play. Mm-hmm. And equally so for people who have a very strong spiritual faith and practice, not to have pictures of your, of your God, your spirit, your guru, your, you know, um, in, the, in the bedroom either. Whereas, you know, our sexuality is definitely part of the human experience, which is part of the spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. There is a subtle disconnect of I can't do that with my spiritual teacher watching me. Mm. I can't really let go mm-hmm. to reconnect physically and emotionally in the bedroom. Oh, that's really powerful. Yeah. 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 Or you feel guilty. Or you or... feel guilty, right? Yeah. <laughs> Being religious. born and raised Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a client who had who had a guru, you know, mm-hmm. and um, she said, my boyfriend will never stay over. He will never stay over. And there was a picture of her guru in the bedroom. And when I went to do a session with her, I said, well, the reason why is because there's already a man in your room. Mm. It was the picture of this man who was her teacher, her spiritual teacher. The day she moved it out of the bedroom, he, her boyfriend stayed over. Mm. She never told him. She just wanted to see what would happen. Isn't that remarkable? Wow. Yeah. So it's a subtle energy that we might not even know is affecting us. So uh, do I assume photos that are encouraged are photos of couples? Yeah, specifically so. you and your and your spouse, you and your significant other. What if you're single? If you're single, I would have sexy art Okay. in your room, like a pencil sketch of a man and a woman or a man and a woman dancing, something less specific okay. that that still represents like I wouldn't want you to have your parents in there picture of your parents right um you can have pictures of like happy marriages on the refrigerator in the living room your friends you know to show happy marriage Mm -hmm. but in the bedroom you want to be stimulated by your path not Mm -hmm. by somebody else's because carol and bob might have a great relationship but there's still something that's not yours so you Mm -hmm. don't want that in your bedroom Mm -hmm. right you can have it in your house but not in the bedroom so sexy art even if it's you know non-literal okay just something that kind of stirs up the the juices and the emotion of oh i love that Mm -hmm. right okay yeah and then speaking of um like color in the bedroom can be a trigger as well so you could have um, too many bright colors in the bedroom. Like if your bedroom is a bright blue or bright orange or has a purple, those are these yang colors, these really fiery colors, and they overstimulate the brain. Yeah, I it, was going to say, just you mentioning that, yeah. It feels it feels a little chaotic energetically, right? Right, right. So ideally the bedroom is better to be a softer color. Um, the principle says sort of like skin skin tone color. So like your beiges, your taupes, your tans, your butternut yellows, you know, really softer colors to create that yin energy. The If yang is the loud, outward-moving energy, yin is the quiet, subtle, warmth, 
energy um, so that it's a room where you can really rest and um, lower the vibration so that we're not thinking and we're not planning, but we're just being in the space together, mm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a big red wall in your bedroom, it might be a little overstimulating. You might not be sleeping well. You might not be connecting with your partner. In fact, you might actually be fighting with your partner and not knowing why. Hmm. And it's that stimulation of that yang energy of that red color it's overwhelming for that room, hmm. right? Now, you can, you can, you know, decorate the room with a red pillow or orange in the rug. Accents. Accents, but not something as big as a wall. Okay. So it might okay. be a little overstimulating. How about um, bed placement? Bed placement is actually the number one issue with beds, with love, with... creating love and your bedroom. Oh, okay. So... In feng shui, you there's mean one of the most important things. One of the number, okay. yeah, the number okay. one important thing is where you place your bed, and uh, there's a couple of tenets to that. And the first is something called command position. Okay. Okay. So command position means that I'm in command of my life. Okay. Okay. I know where I'm going. I know what I want. I'm moving forward. I'm doing what I want to do, and that comes with the placement of the bed, where the head of the bed is on a solid wall. And you are in a position in the room where you can see the door without being in alignment with the door. Mm-hmm. So okay. you don't want to be lined up okay. on the door because that's that's um, corpse pose, how they might take a dead person out of a bedroom. They pick them up off of the bed and take them right out the door. Okay. So that's a dead energy. Oh, okay. I know. It's a little morbid. So you don't ever want to be in alignment with the door, but you want to be able to see the door. So if the head of your bed is on the door wall, then you can't see the door, right? So you want to be on the opposite wall of the door Mm -hmm. so you can see the door. And this comes from the idea of, do you remember those old um, black and white movies with the mobsters? Mm -hmm. So where does the mobster sit in the restaurant? Where? In the back corner of the restaurant facing the door. Oh, okay. Right? He sits in the back with his, so he's protected. Okay. And then he faces the door so he could see So he can see who's who, coming who's toward enters. him. Uh-huh. Right. Same with the bedroom. You want yourself protected with the solid wall behind you and you want to be able to see what energy is coming toward you. So you're not surprised. So you're never surprised because that's that that stimulates your fight or flight again, mm-hmm. right? So your placement of the bed on a solid wall where you can see the door but not be in alignment with the door. Now, if your bed is pushed up against a wall and you are over 21 years old, <laughs> it's time to pull the bed away from the wall. And that usually suggests that the person sleeping in a room where the bed is pushed up against a wall is not ready for a relationship. Hmm. I've never heard that before. Right, because if the bed is pushed up against a wall, the bed is only accessible to one person. Right? Because the wall is taking up the whole other side of the bed. Mm. So if you want someone to be able to get into the bed, you have to pull it away from the wall so that you can access the bed oh, from all three okay. sides. Okay. I see what you're saying. This... I was thinking the, the headboard being positioned oh, no, against no. the wall. Okay. I see. The whole no, the side, side of, of the, the bed. bed. Okay. Right? Got it. Got it. Like sometimes if you have a small room, you're like, oh, I'm just going to push the bed up against the side of the wall. Right. And that means that another person can't get into the bed without climbing over yes, you. Yes, makes perfect sense. Right. Yes, yes. So when I see 
I hate to say this, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but usually I see <laughs> men who have done it this way, and it just tells me they're not ready for a relationship. Oh. Yeah. So the first thing we do is we pull the bed away from the away from the wall, and then we make sure they have a headboard. Okay. So there's two sides to a bed, a masculine and a feminine side, right? So because the male might sleep on one side and the female on the other. Right. And for those two energies to sort of be married together, the headboard is the piece of furniture that holds those two energies together in a bed. Okay. It creates like a backing and a support for relationship. And if you're over 21, if you're if you're a grown person, if you're a grown man or woman, the headboard represents the sense of maturity. Okay. Right in relationship. If I see a person that doesn't have a headboard, then they're they have this um, younger um, understanding of what relationship is. Hmm. They don't haven't yet matured into. Even if you're a grown person, I had a client who was 48 who didn't have a headboard. And she had this sort of youthful understanding about relationships. And when we got her the headboard, it's almost like she like woke up in a way because it's this backing, the support of the of the masculine feminine energy that happens in a relationship. Now, talk to me about specifics on headboard, whether uh-huh. it be wood or leather or wrought iron. <laughs> leather. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we want the bedroom to be soft, right? Okay. The soft energy of the heart. So iron is this metal is a cold, slick energy. So it's a little harsh. Iron is iron. The wrought iron is a little harsh energy. And if you have a four poster bed Mm -hmm. where they stick up and are canopy and everything, that actually creates prison energy where you feel imprisoned in a relationship and you just don't know how to get out. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I'm stuck in this relationship and I can't get out. <laughs> um, and um, How about wood? Wood is the best because wood is actually considered a softer element and it's warmer than iron. And you want to have something that's solid rather than slatted because the headboard is by your head and the crown chakra. And that's where all this energy might you know, leak out while you're sleeping. So you want to hold all your energy in. So a non-slatted solid headboard is the best one. So mine is solid. Good. But it's, you laugh, but it's leather. Well, What does that mean? That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) Um, So it all depends on the dynamic of the leather. Like, is it, what is, describe it for me. Well, it's um, smooth and it's um, it's it's solid, really soft. What color? Um, like a dark chocolate brown. Mm, see, it sounds beautiful and it sounds soft. Now, leather can be kind of harsh and dangerous, or it can be soft. But it is a fire energy. All animals are fire energy, so it's a lot of energy by your head while you're sleeping. How do you sleep? Shitty. But I'm bum. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> it's just interesting to take that into consideration, right? I don't sleep well at all. So my suggestion for you would be to take a, a very soft blanket mm-hmm. that's a neutral color, like a tan or an off-white. Put it over the headboard and sleep like that for a couple of days and just see if you sleep better. Because if you do, then there's too much fire around your head and your crown chakra while you're trying to sleep. Mm. Yeah. Do you have anything under your bed? 
No. Okay. Because nothing under the bed either because you want that energy. You shouldn't have anything under Correct. your bed, right? Yes. I've cleared that out. Good. <laughs> yes. I, I have been reading up on this, so I have cleared that out. Yeah. When we have stuff under our bed, it's like little bits of data that are pushing up at us as we're sleeping. So if, like I had someone who stored all her old taxes under her bed. Oh. You totally felt that. (laughs) Yeah. And she never slept well. And I had another person who had like her divorce papers under her bed and old love letters from past lovers. And it's all of this energy that you're just kind of swimming in while you're sleeping or trying to connect with someone else. So things under the bed don't serve you well. And then if you really believe in the chi of the universe, the energy of the universe supporting us, you want that to be able to swirl under the bed and really kind of rock you and support you while you're sleeping, which is when our bodies are most vulnerable when we're sleeping. So nothing under the bed. They're called poison arrows. or I call them ticking time bombs. <laughs> if you had divorce papers under your bed yeah, and you're trying, things, right? <laughs> you're trying to have a new relationship with someone... It's not the best energy to be swimming in, right? But it is so common to, I know a lot of people don't have a lot of um, storage in their place. And it is common to store things under your bed. It is. I have an out of sight, out of mind. I know. I know. I do have an earthquake bag under my bed, but that's all I have under my bed. It's that to go bag that has some cat food in there for my cat and uh, some toilet paper and granola bars. And (laughs) so I can get out if I have to. But that's you the were a thing. Girl Scout. You're right. I was a Girl Scout. Oh, you were? <laughs> I was. <laughs> there you go. For a very long time. It was a big part of my childhood. Um, yeah. So if you absolutely must have something under your bed for storage reasons, the first thing is clear out the clutter and store it in the closet if you can. But if you can't, um, soft things only, like extra blankets, winter sweaters, Uh, your towels, your sheets. Put those under the bed so your more hard-edged things and your tax documents and your divorce papers and your your other letters can go be tucked away in the garage or the the closet. Okay. Yeah. Now, how about I've also heard um, do things in pairs like two nightstands, two lamps. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Yes. So that's the energy of the masculine and the feminine again, right? The balance. So if I go into a bedroom and I see one nightstand and one lamp, then that tells me this person is just a single person. Or I had one client where they were in in the bedroom. She was actually married. But in the bedroom, there were three paintings of single women. Mm. with, And the, all of the paintings had their back. It was a painting of a woman looking over her shoulder, but you saw her back. And each of those pictures, those paintings were gifts from her husband at the time. Hmm. And it told me how he saw her. Hmm. He saw her as this demure, but he, and he only saw the back of her. He never really fully saw her. They are long divorced now because he never fully saw her. But when there's single, there's pictures of single items, like if there's a single woman or a single tiger or a single flower, it represents a sense of singleness in your consciousness that I'm a single person. So if you're going to have flowers in your bedroom, have a picture of two flowers or two birds or two tigers to represent that masculine and feminine energy together. Hmm. And that comes with the two nightstands and the two lamps so that both the masculine and feminine sides of our relationship are illuminated Okay. So that we're not we're not 
forgetting that within me is masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Within you is masculine and feminine. And then your partner will have a balance of the two as well. I was going to say, so this is as far as same sex? No, this is, oh, sure, same sex and and right. and opposite sex where everyone has a masculine and feminine right. energy exactly. in us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when we are connecting from the heart, that's a feminine energy. And then sexuality can be very masculine and feminine together, depending on what you're doing. Um, so it's a, a balance of the two. And if the room is out of balance, then the people in the room can feel out of balance as well. So think, just think of the balance of the two nightstands and the two lamps balancing the masculine and feminine energy in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it balances the room, too, for your eye. I was going to say, it's just, it's, it gives it a more calming look. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, that more balanced. But not everybody likes that sort of uniform look in a room. And the grandmaster of feng shui said that a a tall nightstand and a short nightstand could be balance for those people. Mm. Right? So the taller nightstand is going to be a more dominant energy Mm -hmm. to a shorter nightstand. But let's say the man needs that extra strength in his spirit or in his chi and that's going to help him be the man and stand up and provide and protect, then that's totally fine that there's a taller nightstand or a taller lamp to a shorter lamp as long as the people in the room feel balanced. Mm. So nothing has to be uniform. and Got it. Okay. That's and, a good point. Yeah. So every because everybody's chi is different. Everyone's personal energy is different. Mm-hmm. So if I need a little extra support... Because my guy is just so dynamic, I might have a slightly taller lamp on my side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> now, with manifesting your soulmate, mm-hmm. um, uh, I have read where you um, really try to declutter, like for a woman, um, uh, manifesting her partner, um, try to declutter your closet space and actually make space for that future man in your life. Yes, I've heard that. I think it's ch- a challenging, I think that's a challenging cure because, like, I have one big closet and that's it. And there's not a whole <laughs> heck of a lot of room. And when he comes into my life, he's going to have to put his clothes in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a realist when it comes to that. I am a realist when it comes to that. However, there is the concept of, like, if you can't make space in your closet, but you can think about, like have some conscious ideas of what would you do if he did come over and had a, a suit or two he needed to hang somewhere. Like to know what you would do, like make space for it in your mind, even mm-hmm. if your space doesn't currently have the physical space for it. Mm-hmm. So I have an office space and I could get rid of the bookshelf to give him a dresser, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But who's to say he's moving into my house? Right. <laughs> I want to move into his house because maybe his house is better. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or we get a completely different house that serves us. Mm-hmm. So if you're making space for it in your mind where you mm-hmm. can where you can be open to how how that person might live in your space with you, mm-hmm. it's an it could be enough. Okay. Because sometimes we just have small spaces and we need it. If you have two nightstands. The one nightstand on the male side of the bed, mm-hmm. that is empty. That is ready for him, mm-hmm. both in the drawer for his little things and on top for his glasses and his book. Mm-hmm. 
so that when he comes over, he has a place to place his things, mm-hmm. right? So that I leave empty. Um, but I don't have a spare dresser in the room or a lot of room in the closet, <laughs> but I have ideas. Yeah, have that, ideas. Okay. <laughs> and that, is, that I think is space enough Okay. in today's day and age. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And how about um, if you have a master um, bedroom that has adjoining bathroom? Any mm-hmm. Any suggestions there with the bathroom? Right. So those are actually really beneficial because they're called the ensuite, right, where you have a bedroom and a bathroom together. Mm-hmm. And they're great for resale for a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you want to make sure there's a door on the bathroom. Okay. Because a lot of times in the modern builds, they're building these ensuites where the where they're kind of like open space with, with like an open archway into the bathroom without a door. Okay. Okay. Right. right. Well, the bathroom in feng shui is the the room in the house that, one, we have to be very, very grateful for, right? I'm, I'm in love with my bathroom. I'm <laughs> glad I have a bathroom in my house. I don't have to go to an outhouse. I'm glad it's heated, you know, things like that. Uh, running water in my, bed, in my bathroom. Um, but it is the room where we have downward energy, downward moving energy. It's the place in the house where we have drainage. And it's um, active drainage because of the sinks, the the toilet, and the tub. Everything is moving down and away from the house. Mm -hmm. So um, the door of the bathroom should stay closed so that all of the warm energy that you're establishing with your partner in the bedroom doesn't get sucked down the drain. So when you have, see what I mean? I do. Um, I'm I'm hesitating. Do you mean um, when you're together in the bedroom or at all times, keep it the door shut? It's a cure for the bathroom is to keep the door closed at all times. Okay. Yeah. There are other cures depending on where the bathroom falls in the house. Mm-hmm. But a generic cure is keep the toilet seat down and keep the bathroom door closed. Just so that all the good energy in the house doesn't get pulled into the bathroom and down the drains. Mm. As one way. Mm-hmm. But especially if you have an ensuite without a door, you want to create a door of some kind. Mm. And I've seen them in so many of these modern houses where there's no door there and they don't know why they're fighting. They don't know why they're never feeling rested, why they can't really make their marriage work. And the minute they add a door, whether it's a physical door or a literal door or even an energetic door, that things change because hmm. all the good energy that I'm creating with my spouse stays in the bedroom. It doesn't get pulled down the bathroom and down the drains. So bathrooms, we want to love them, but bathrooms should be cured. And are these for all bathrooms in your house? Yeah. 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 You know, because there are these little vortexes of energy that are going down and away from the house. Mm-hmm. And so if there's one off the living room. You have all this great fun in the living room. You have a fireplace. You're connecting with people. You're having friends over. You have game night. You know, all of that delicious energy now is in your home until it starts going down the bathroom. Mm. So all bathrooms need some attention. That's good to know. <laughs> yes. I know what I'm doing when I get done here. You need a door? Do you, need a, do you have an ensuite? No, I do have a door, but now that's something I've never even heard of doing is shutting the door yes yeah and the toilet seat like i'm really surprised with how many people leave the toilet seat up which is even just from a cleanliness energy 
There have been studies that show that it sprays up as it's being flushed down. So just from the cleanliness of your environment and for our health, it's it's really beneficial to close the toilet seat at all times. Okay. Yeah. Men, okay. are you listening? <laughs> no offense to the men in the room. <laughs> Women are culprits too, I have to say. Um, but I, it's like so ingrained in my system. I would never think of leaving it up, mm-hmm. the toilet seat up. That's the main culprit of the downward moving, that aggressive downward moving energy. Okay. Right? Everything is going down and away. Right. We want it to take the waste away, but we don't want it to take all the good energy with us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Learning so much here. <laughs> let's see what else I have. Yeah. What What other tips do you um, have? Let's see. We've gone over some really good ones. We have. Okay. Here's a, this is an interesting one. So the bedroom is the room that we want to really pay attention to. That's sort of like the micro the bedroom for love. <laughs> but um, there's also an area in the house that is specifically related to the love sector as well. And that's when you're standing in your front door okay, facing into the house. Mm-hmm. It's the far back right corner of the house. On what floor? On the main level. On the main level. So what do you have there? Um, it is my living room. So it's um, my couch and my um, and an accent table with a lamp, and then sliding glass door um, that is um, that leads outside with Adirondack chairs and um, great beautiful greenery. Nice, green, a green belt. Oh, how nice for you! Mm-hmm. Mm. So, in the in the macro. When we lay the feng shui bagua on the house, that back right sector is also related to love. Even though it's not your bedroom, there, too, you can stimulate the love energy. So you might there have pictures of happy couples together, definitely pictures of you and your spouse. You can have some pictures of your children there, too, because this is the relationship sector, which is primarily the relationship of you and your spouse, Um, But it's relationship to pretty much everybody who you have a relationship with. Um, There you can have pairs of things. In the back right corner, you can have some fire energy. So do you have a fireplace in your living room? I don't. That's okay. You You can stimulate the fire energy by bringing in a fire color. So reds, orange, pinks, and purples. Okay. And you can maybe do that with some throw pillows on the couch. Um. You can think of paired things. Uh, you Do you have two lamps in there? I heard one lamp in the living room. I have um, two two different sizes. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. So um, I had a client who had a um, blue rug in her relationship sector. And blue is this element for the color for wood. And then there was black in it as well, which is the color for water. So blue and black. She had wood and water in her relationship sector. And she was struggling in her relationship. She had gotten divorced and she just was like, everyone's so wishy-washy. I can't quite make this work. All we did in her living room was changed her rug to something that had reds and browns and oranges in it, the fire and earth colors. Mm -hmm. And she started dating almost immediately. Oh, interesting. I'm not kidding. It's it's just sort of magical. In so that way. so my rug is a soft gray and the flooring is hardwood floor which is gray and then my um couch is black 
And guess what? Leather. (laughs) (laughs) So, but up above, uh it's a long sectional up above. I have yet to get any artwork, so it's a blank white wall, which drives me kind of crazy. Crazy. How long have you lived there? Uh, Two years. Okay, it's time. I haven't come across anything I really love, but it bugs me that it's just a blank ca- canvas. Yes. It's a well, white that, wall. It makes you a blank canvas. Oh, God. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shopping after this. <laughs> it's so, so the house has become sort of like this metaphor for the person living in the house. So for the last two years, I would suggest based on what you just described for me, that you might have a little grief around relationship. Mm. Would you, does that resonate at all? Mm. Or have you worked through your grief? Because all of the grief. I have, I I actually did have grief, um, you know, being divorced after 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I have worked through it. But yeah, I definitely have gone through that. Because all the gray, gray is a metal energy and can represent grief especially if it's in the relationship sector. Hmm. So it's just an, it's just something to be aware of, that when you moved into that house two years ago, two and a half years ago, yeah. um, you might still have been carrying a little grief with you. Oh, I definitely was. Yeah, because yeah. then you set up the space from where you, what you were feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. But now that you've worked through the grief, you're ready to move on, mm-hmm. but the grief is still kind of locked in at the house mm-hmm. with the gray floors and the gray... Something else was gray. Um, um, The rug. The rug is gray. Because gray is the color for metal, which is cool, slick, affects the lungs. And the coffee table is white, like a, would you call it a lacquer? Like a white lacquer. Also metal. With with wood below. Right. So what we need to do is make sure. It's kind of that modern, clean look. Mm -hmm. But we want to take some of that metal energy down. This is the part of the constructive cycle of elements where um, the same elements that are used in Chinese medicine for the body. So if I have too much metal in a room where, where you do, you have too much metal in your relationship area, we want to melt that metal a little bit by adding fire. So when you look at artwork, I would look for something that had some fiery energy to it. And fire in the relationship sector is really good because it represents passion that passionate element of the relationship that we want too. Passionate communication, passionate intimacy, passionate connection, all of it, right? So I'm to look at um, specific colors, in other words. Right. And the colors are your reds, orange, pinks, and purples. Those are your flame, fire colors. And on the destructive cycle of energy, fire will melt metal. So it'll take down some of the gray rug. It'll take down the gray... Something else was gray. The couch is gray. The floors are gray. The Everything's floor. gray. <laughs> and black sofa. Yeah. And that's the water of the sofa. So you could also bring in some earth energy, which are the yellows and brown colors. Okay. It's interesting. All those colors you're talking about is um, the, the um, it's a small place. So the section right before you get to that area um, I have artwork with all that, uh-huh. but it's it's before that in the dining room area. And it's interesting that the living room, which is the relationship sector, has this big bare wall. It's like maybe now you're ready to really step into a new relationship. Like once you fill that wall with artwork, I would say you you're more mentally ready. Yeah, I just feel like nothing. You know, you you browse at stores <laughs> or you're like nothing. Just 
really shouts out and like, oh, I got to have this. I wonder if that's how it is with men, too. Like, oh! you might be <laughs> browsing around and looking at men, but nothing's really shouting out going, I'm the one. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I have met someone oh, recently. So good. Yeah. So I think it's time to go shopping. I think it's time to fill out. <laughs> Fill out that bare wall with something There's really... no accidents that we're talking about this Today. <laughs> exactly. So um, this has been so wonderful. I hope um, the listeners, and I know the listeners are getting as much as I am <laughs> out of this. And I, I'm like ready to go shopping. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to be my guinea pig. I know. I love it. So I do have... Um, we're about to um, close, believe it or not, but I do have a... Um, signature closing question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what makes you feel most alive, Mm. Nicolette? I think it's connection. I, you know, I just moved here to Seattle two and a half months ago, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm making new friends. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like um, connecting with a like-minded person that, Mm. that um, where I feel seen, Mm. appreciated, um, where I can see somebody and acknowledge who they are, mm-hmm. that kind of connection, um, especially when you're starting new in a new place, is really special. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you. Oh, yeah. you are a new person in my life, and I felt like we made a connection. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> goes goes both ways. Thank I you. know you're a doll. Oh. <laughs> um, so, how can listeners find you? Oh. Yes, lots of ways. So my website is inspiredlivingfengshui.com. Okay. I have lots of free information there. and uh, Or you can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, um, Inspired Living Feng Shui, again. And while you're there, subscribe. I have about 8,000 subscribers now and over 3 million views. So that's Good really... Good for you. I know. It's really fun. Yeah. Um And on my website, I also have five online courses that you can purchase through the Udemy platform. Um, And you can take a little hour feng shui course on a particular topic, growing your business, this love and relationship, um, uh, attracting more success into your life. So there's some course options there as well. I have a blog there. I have so much stuff. So inspiredlivingfengshui.com. And I do have a special for your listeners. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you don't even have to be in Seattle because I actually see clients all over the world over Skype. Um, I have clients in Australia and Greece and Germany and all over the United States, mm. Puerto Rico. and um, But if anyone says that they were listening to your podcast, I'll give them a 20% discount on a session. Oh, that's so generous. Yeah, yeah. That's because really nice. one of my heart's passions is the, to make feng shui accessible for everybody. Because mm-hmm. I think everybody could use a little, another pair of eyes looking at your environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so how would they actually go about doing that then? They can email me, Nicolette, at inspiredlivingfengshui.com. Uh, you can even call me. Um, my phone number's on my website. And just say, I heard you on um, Heart and Soul. No. Uh, Real, Real Souls. Souls, the Real Souls podcast with Peggy, okay. and I uh, will just honor that uh, that twenty percent discount. And you know what? I'll put that in the show notes. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will make it really easy. Yeah, oh, that's so generous of you. Thank you so My much. My pleasure. Let's, and gosh, love is so lovely. Let's like create love for everybody. I know, <laughs> I know. And speaking of that, that is one reason why I'm now doing a um, eight week. 
um, coaching program on how to manifest your soulmate so that it is accessible for everyone. So um, listeners, you can reach me at straighttotheheart.net or email me at peggy at straighttotheheart.net. And um, please remember to listen and subscribe to Real Souls with Peggy Bennett. Until next time. 